1: The official charged with keeping the state of Illinois' money safe and investing it wisely has also made it his mission to encourage you to do likewise. And he is working with state lawmakers to strengthen that effort. We're going to talk about retirement savings, college tuition, state finances, and more with the Illinois State Treasurer, Michael Frerichs. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Michael Frerichs has been a guest on this program and this station many times before, and he's usually talking about saving money and investing money because, well, that's what a state treasurer does. Uh, Mike Frerichs was first elected to the job in 2014 when he narrowly defeated former House Republican leader Tom Cross, who coincidentally was my state representative. Uh, He has since been reelected. Now Mr. Frerichs is trying to get the Illinois General Assembly to expand a program that is helping workers save for retirement even if their jobs don't have retirement plans. We want to talk with him about that and more this weekend because we are still practicing social distancing and also because you know it's easier. We are conducting this interview via Zoom conferencing and State Treasurer Michael Frericks, welcome back.
0: Craig, thanks for having me back. Uh, It is very different in a pandemic. But our job does not change. We're still the chief investment officer for the state.
1: Well, and we want to talk to you about the the basics of your job first, just so people understand it, because I think people still confuse state treasurer with state controller. And uh, to simply put it, Susanna Mendoza is the one who pays the bills, right? And you?
0: Correct. She pays the bills. And while the money is sitting in the accounts, it's my job to invest it. It's the General Assembly and the governor's job to pass a budget. We all have different roles dealing with money.
1: But now the uh, state treasury, that that money that's sitting in those accounts, uh, uh, can't be uh, invested in anything risky, right?
0: It cannot. The General Assembly, uh, although I'm the chief investment officer for the state of Illinois, they tell me where I'm allowed to invest and where I'm prohibited. The General Assembly doesn't like an awful lot of risk, but they've tasked me with earning a good rate of return while reducing risk and maintaining liquidity so we can pay our bills but those three charges are often in conflict with each other. If we want to be safe and secure and not take risk, we reduce the amount we can earn in earnings. Uh, If we want to tie things up for a longer time to earn more money, that reduces our liquidity. So it's all about maintaining a balance and working with our other elected officials to know when the money is needed and how much.
1: Hmm. Um, Now, we should should ask, I suppose, how Illinois' investments, such as they are, are doing in these tumultuous times?
0: Well, because of the pandemic, the Federal Reserve cut interest rates dramatically. That has reduced our ability to earn good returns. But this was a large priority when I came into office. I know that every dollar we can raise in interest earnings is a dollar the governor and the General Assembly don't have to raise in taxes, or it's a dollar in cuts that don't have to be made to our schools or to our institutions of higher education. So we went about changing the way we invested, and I've gone to the General Assembly twice to ask for their help, to allow us to expand our investment opportunities in a way that still reduces risk, but allows us to earn a higher return. And as a result, my three years in a row, we doubled interest earnings for the state. Uh, before I came into office, we were earning less than $50 million a year. My first full year was $52 million, the second year 104. The third year, $208 million in interest earnings. And I expected to get to $416 million. If we continue doubling, we only got to 325 But since coming into office now, we have surpassed more than a billion dollars in interest earnings in our office. And that's a billion dollars that doesn't have to be in debt or that didn't have to be raised in taxes or a billion dollars in cuts that didn't have to be made to our programs like schools that people care so much about.
1: Now... The city of Chicago, because uh, we talk about this often, uses what uh, officials call linked deposits, where money deposited in uh, certain approved financial institutions are uh, put there with the understanding that they'll, that those institutions will provide credit for you know, businesses and home mortgages in struggling areas. To what degree does the state do that kind of
0: thing? Well, Actually, the state has been the leader on this. We've had a linked deposit program in the state treasury for nearly 40 years, our Ag Invest program. We'll put a loan or deposit into a bank and they'll turn loan a similar amount to an ag leader. Uh, And that's important. Ag is a big industry for our state. We've also expanded that. We also now have a community invest. And last year when we saw businesses struggling and we asked what could we do to help? We looked at our link deposit program and created a COVID-19 small business relief loan program issuing, putting deposits in at near zero interest rates because we knew there are a lot of businesses out there struggling, but we know it is a lot easier to ramp up a business that has been struggling than to restart a business that is shuttered. And we want to help them get through these troubled times. Uh, We made initially $250 million available and there was a big demand and we increased that to half a billion dollars uh, in our small business COVID-19 relief uh, loan program.
1: Well, I do want to uh, talk about Illinois Secure Choice. Uh, that is, in fact, the uh, one of the maiden reason why uh, I wanted to talk to you this weekend. Um, that is the program your office created in uh, 2018, and it's basically an automatic 401k, as I understand it. Is that is that a, is that a fair description?
0: That's a that's a fair description, Craig. So there is a retirement crisis in our country that too many people are not saving for their retirement. And that's a problem for those individuals if they can't have a retirement with dignity, if they can't enjoy their golden years. That's also a problem for all of us. If they they can't retire, then young people don't have jobs opening up that they can fill. If they retire and can't maintain their standard of living, that's a, a decrease in consumption, and consumption drives so much of our economy. If they find themselves really living in poverty, they're much more likely to access the social safety net. So we have an obligation here to try and solve this problem, we think the answer is to just make it easier for people to save their own money for their, for their own future. You know, the, the biggest factor you can tell if someone's saving for their retirement or not is if they have a workplace retirement savings option. If they work at a place with a 401k or with a pension, they're 15 times more likely to be saving for their retirement. So we think the answer is to help more people save through automatic workplace deductions. And that's the program that we rolled out in 2018, but was passed a few years before that.
1: Well, and let's explain how that works, because it is a program that specifically targets people who work at jobs that don't have retirement programs. So what happens if I go to work for a company that doesn't have a retirement plan? What happens?
0: Well, currently under state law, if you work for an employer with 25 or more employees who's been doing business in the state for at least two years and they don't offer a workplace option, then they enroll you into Illinois Secure Choice. Now, employees have the option of opting out. They can change the percent they invest, but we find if you just give them a nudge, everyone knows they need to be saving for retirement, but they put it off and they put it off. You know, I need to save for my retirement, but I also have a summer vacation coming up. I want to take my family on and I'll save for that first. And then they're back to school expenses. And then you want to save for the holidays. And then you have credit card bills and year after year, people put it off. But if they're automatically enrolled, you make it easy. They don't have to do anything. Most people say, yeah, that's right. I know I need to do that. And so this is really just a small nudge gets them something they know they need to do. And for those employers out there, they're already sending money to the state as a percentage of their payroll, and we ask them to send an additional percent. And then that is put into someone's individual Roth IRA that they can control. It is managed by the private sector, not by the state of Illinois. We think this is a creative way of helping to solve the retirement crisis in our state and in our country.
1: Do you know what percentage of people do opt out
0: it's somewhere around 30% opt out. Uh, But right now it's probably about 100% of those people who aren't saving for their retirement. And we've said all along, if people have need for that money, if they have bills that need to be paid, they ought to pay those bills. But most people know one of the first things you should invest in is invest in yourself. Put money aside so that you can enjoy your golden years so that you'll be able to maintain your standard of living and have a quality retirement.
1: Now, the only administrative, the, 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 the only cost for employers, I should say, are administrative. Um, but do you still get pushback from employers?
0: Well, when we originally pushed legislation, there was a lot of concern about a new state program, about a mandate. But We found most realized they're already sending money to the state. So they just send an additional percentage of employees. It doesn't cost them anything. They don't have any risk for participating in this. They can't contribute to it. And what we have found is several employers now view this as a perk or a benefit, that they're advertising it in their uh, want ads, in their employment ads, saying, you know, hey, we have a good salary and a retirement savings option. And we found (laughs) some have even said to us, you know, we know that happy and secure employees are more productive employees. And I, I talked to one employee, he said, you know, I always felt like I was just swimming in debt. And uh, it weighed on my shoulders. He said, one day I looked at my account and realized, you know, I actually have more in my savings account than I have in debt. I'm in the black for the first time here. I'm no longer in the red. And he said, and I just felt happier. I was, I was much happier at work and probably a better employee for it.
1: So, so now we have uh, Senate Bill 208. Uh, this is, uh, I guess we could think of it as an upgrade of uh, of the, the plan. How would it change Illinois Secure Choice?
0: Well, so we keep Secure Choice similar, but when we passed the original legislation, there were smaller businesses that had concerns about this mandate. And so it was only 25 or more employees. What we found since rolling this out is, one, employers who have, are participating say, this is one of the best-run programs they've participated in. We hear that this is nowhere near what they thought it would be, this is, this is far better. Uh, and then we've also had smaller employers come to us and say, we'd like to participate. Unfortunately, because of federal legislation, ERISA rules, they can't participate unless they're required to. And so we're lowering, attempting to lower the threshold from 25 to five employees uh, this is the standard in most states out there in California and Oregon and other states that uh, they have a lower threshold than we do here. And I think because it's been up and running for a couple of years now, because employers have seen how it works, um, we've had a lot of support. But uh, hoping to get this legislation passed, if we do, we anticipate this might help up to a million more employees in the state, a million more workers have access to retirement savings vehicle through their workplace. Something that most of them haven't had before. And and a lot of these workers are lower wage workers. A lot of them tend to work in the service industry and they might move from job to job. One of the great things about Only Secure Choice is it is portable between these employers. If you work in the restaurant business and you go from one restaurant to another, chances are both of them will probably both offer secure choice and it'll be easy to continue Saving your own money for your retirement.
1: You know, a question just occurred to me though. What if you move from a job that doesn't have a retirement plan and you get a job at a place that does, but you're already enrolled in, uh, in Secure Choice?
0: Well, then you might have two retirement savings options out there. Uh, it's still your individual Roth IRA. Um, and if you work for an employer that's a 401k, you may be in a position where you want to contribute to both accounts or you can keep the other one and watch that money grow tax-free. The great thing about a Roth IRA is that growth won't, you won't be taxed on that growth when you take it out at retirement and you just watch it grow. That's what I, I'm repeating myself here, but everyone knows okay. they need to save. Uh, everyone wants to save, but too many people find excuses and put it off. We want to help minimize those excuses I'm making it easier for people to do something they already know they need to do.
1: I think one of the other uh, changes that I believe you want to make has to do with the percentage that's withheld, uh, that you want to have that increase automatically. Can you explain that?
0: Yeah, so an auto-escalation. The idea here is that if you slowly turn up the dial, people won't notice the change. the story about the, uh, you put the frog in the hot pot of water and he instantly jumps out. You put him in a pot of cold water and slowly turn it up and he never moves. People know they need to be saving more for their retirement. Um, But if you go too high, they'll opt out in higher rates. If you slowly increase the percent each year, they're much less likely to miss it. If they do notice it, they say, oh, well, I know I need to save more anyway. That doesn't hurt too much. But if they don't like this, if they want to keep it a 5% or they want to reduce it to 3% of their salary, they have the ability to change that. The great thing about Secure Choice is we give employees a lot of flexibility and control over their own retirement. All we're really trying to do is to nudge them in the right direction and to make it easier for them to save their own money.
1: And that's an opt-out again, right? You, it automatically, right. And, and what's the percentage that it goes
0: up? You start at 5% and we could increase the percent a year to no more than 10%. And one of the things is we worked with employer organizations in rolling this out. And this legislation, we sat down negotiated with them and heard from some of their concerns. And so some of the groups that were initially opposed, we have most of the business groups right now neutral on this legislation.
1: You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. My guest is Illinois State Treasurer Michael Ferricks and right now we're talking about Illinois Secure Choice, which is a, uh, a, an automatic retirement program that uh, people are eligible for if their uh, workplaces don't have retirement plans. This round, when you're trying to change the law, are you getting less pushback among lawmakers or, or, and business people, or are you finding some new pockets of resistance?
0: Uh, no, we're getting much less pushback than the first time we came around. That doesn't mean that everyone's accepting us with open arms. Uh, I think we're all aware that there is uh, a lot of partisanship out there uh, in our politics today. And I think some of the opposition is just a knee jerk reaction to someone from the, an idea from the other party. But when we've been able to sit down and talk with legislators, When they've been open to us, and we explained that this is really a very conservative concept. Helping people save their own money so they're not reliant upon state benefits really is a conservative idea, but helping people, empowering people to save and have a brighter future seems like a democratic idea as well. This is one of those places where we should have bipartisan support, and we found a fair amount of it. It's not been unanimous because change is never easy, uh, but if you're willing to work with both sides, we find we can find good solutions.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder about that uh, because the political atmosphere we have now is one where in some cases there's automatic resistance to mandates that, you know, e- people don't like being told what to do, even if others believe it's for their own good. Uh, is that a, a feeling that you end up having to fight with people that, you know, even though it's opt out, uh, you know, there might, are there people who are saying, no, it should be opt in?
0: Uh, well, we've heard that, but what we have in our current system is an opt-in system. Everyone has the ability to go right now and start up a IRA, but nearly half of Americans have not done that. And the one thing that they have in common, more than anything else, the Americans who are not saving, is they don't have an option to do it through workplace auto deduction. You know, you can look at someone's education background, their income level. Uh, their ethnic background, their gender, the the differences aren't that great. The biggest differences is the people who have a 401k, uh, have a pension are 15 times more likely than saving than those who don't. And so this is all about just having a a nice nudge out there. And for people who worry about mandates and employees can opt out, they can increase, they can decrease. And we're all about giving people choices here. And for those employers, if they don't want to work with the state program, they can set up a 401k. They can set up a workplace savings retirement. They don't have to work with us. I I like telling people that uh, if not a single person enrolled in my program, I would be happy as long as all those employers were following the law. If they went out and gave their employees a low cost savings option, that's all we really want to see happen. I'm the chief investment officer of stable. Of Illinois. I take my job very seriously to make as much money for the state as possible, but I also get really excited and passionate about giving people the tools they need to invest in themselves, whether that be their retirement, their children's education, their child with a, with a disability. Uh, we're very interested in creating programs that empower people in our state, and uh, it's been one of the great parts about my job.
1: Well, let, let's talk about the other the other. Programs, uh, and one of them being Bright Start. Uh, This is this is the College Savings Program. Uh, How is that doing?
0: Well, I would say when I came in, there were a lot of concerns about our Bright Start and Bright Directions programs.
1: <laughs> yes. And, I think that was our first conversation was about that, about that program.
0: And, yeah. uh, and although we're not in person, I can, I can see you over Zoom and you had a big smile. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, there was some scandal in the office. There was some money um, that was lost and there were some lawsuits. And so this was very important for me to create a program that citizens of state could trust and they could get them good returns. Because we have a problem, not just with the retirement system, we have a problem with student debt in this country as well. Students are graduating with a mountain of debt that is reducing their options when they graduate, but it's also a drag on our economy. If these students graduate with too much debt and they're not able to buy a new car or to buy a house or to start a family for years and years, well, that lack of consumption by an entire generation is a break on our economy. We ought to do something, to help out, and we think one of the best ways we can do this is to help families save in advance to reduce that student debt. So we came in and overhauled the program. Uh, I went out for an RFP, I changed the previous firm, and we cut fees that families were paying in half, saving Illinois families millions of dollars in fees that were going off to Wall Street. And as a result, Morningstar Rating Agency who rates all the college savings plans in the country, moved us from a bronze rating to a gold rating, took us from worst to first. It's the highest rating they give out, and they only gave out three. So we're one of the top three rated programs in the country now, and along with the state tax credit for investing in Bright Start or Bright Directions, we really think it is the best option for families wanting to put their kids on a pathway to success.
1: And, you know, everything that we're talking about goes to what I think is one of the basic... uh, uh, issues that we have to deal with when it comes to money and the public, and that's financial literacy. Uh, that people, people don't know about the options that they might have uh, and, and may feel that they don't have the savvy to make the right decisions. Uh, that's something else I know that has uh, been of interest to you. What, what is your office doing to address that problem?
0: Uh, well, that's that's a good, a very good question. So we're also in charge of financial education for the state of Illinois, and we have pushed to change standards uh, of what's being taught in our schools, because if students don't understand things, um, they don't understand money, we're going to have financial problems. That's going to hurt our entire state. So uh, we try to help people save more. I, it was nice when Morningstar gave us a gold rating on Bright Start, but I would tell my staff that... That rating doesn't mean anything if families don't sign up and start saving. The the rating was nice to receive. What's really great to see is since coming into office, we've nearly doubled the number of accounts in the state of Illinois. We have more than doubled the assets under management. We went from just under $7 billion, now around $16 billion. That's about $16 billion that won't be taken out in student debt. It's something I'm very excited about. But I think with like our, Secure Choice program. Part of that problem is those people who aren't investment professionals. You know, they're, they're busy raising their families. They're busy working their nine to five job. And they don't have time to understand all these things. We want to make sure we don't overburden them. We want to give them choices, but to make it fairly simple. So with our Secure Choice, you've got four options. You can invest in a target date fund, if you don't like risk, you can invest in uh, some money markets. If you want to be conservative. You have a conservative option. We give a variety of options to make it very clear to people. Because if you have someone who is much more savvy, they have the understanding, they know various options. But when you give people, regular people, too many options, they suffer from analysis paralysis. They get overwhelmed and say, I don't, I don't know where to invest. And so they say, well, let me think this over. They take the materials home and they never do anything about it because they're scared to come back and admit that they don't know the best way to invest. So these are some of the ways we're helping to address these concerns and help more people build wealth for themselves and for future generations.
1: Now, simplifying the choices is one thing, but even then people still have to make a decision. Um, For people who are listening to this and maybe unsure about which way to go, what's the best way for them to get the kind of basic knowledge, uh, the basic literacy to even make the choice between do I want a conservative investment or do I want uh, something riskier that might make me more money? And, and what factors are they ought to be thinking about whichever way they go?
0: Well, there are a lot of tools out there on the internet, and there's so many tools that can be overwhelming to people. <laughs> but in terms of investing, if you're investing for your kids' college education, if you're investing for your retirement, We suggest target date funds, basically a glide path that the farther you are out from the time you need the money, the more risk you can take. And so if you invest in your newborn child for their college fund, uh, you'll probably have 90, 95% of your money in equities at the beginning. But when your child is a senior in high school and you're going to need to write a check within the next year, you want to be invested more conservatively because you, uh, you can't respond to that market volatility quite as well. You don't have time to earn that back. And so it will gradually switch your percentages from equities and bonds so that you have more in bonds the closer you get. And the same with your retirement. Hmm.
1: Okay. Now, we have a, a few minutes left. and I wanna, uh, So I want to talk about uh, something that uh, I believe is fun for you. And that's uh, unclaimed property. You and I have talked a lot about that <laughs> over the uh, over the years. And, and that is uh, and I, I say it's fun because you get to first off, you get some fun stories and you get to look at some cool stuff. But uh, there's a real purpose to this. Explain what how you end up with so much stuff.
0: Well, Craig, you're you're right. I I think that my entire job is fun. I think financial education, uh, helping people invest in themselves, making money for the state are all fun. But you're right that unclaimed property is really rewarding. Uh, Basically, I am a consumer advocate on behalf of Illinois residents. If there are financial institutions or corporations holding on to money that belongs to Illinois citizens, I get to fight on their behalf to get that money back to them. So one, money will come in from forgotten bank accounts. Uh, it might come in from a, a last paycheck that you never collected. It could come in as from a deposit uh, that you're down, a deposit you had to pay with a, a power company. Um, that when you moved, you never got back. That money doesn't belong to those companies. It belongs to our citizens. We try and get it back. And it's, it's fun because I tell people it's like playing Santa Claus 365 days a year. Since coming to office, we've returned over a billion dollars to Illinois citizens. Every day, we're giving away money. But we also fight on their behalf. I came into office and discovered there were life insurance companies selling policies to Illinois citizens, promising to pay out to their loved ones after they passed away. And when their policyholders passed away too often, no checks were written. And we took the fight to them. We, went, uh, we fought them in court. They sued me. We went to the General Assembly, we got legislation that made it clear something everyone thought was the case, that now in Illinois, if you sell a policy to an Illinois resident and they pass away, you have to notify their loved ones that they have money waiting for them. That wasn't the case before. And we've gone to companies that offered rebates or refunds if you bought a product, but then never paid out. We've sued companies and collected millions of dollars for Illinois residents. So I'll make a plug. If anyone out there listening wonders about this program, they can go to illinoistreasurer.gov and click on iCash or iCash.illinoistreasurer.gov. Put your name in our database. See if we have something that belongs to you. We find about one in four people who check our website, find we have something for them. And the average amount last year was around $1,000.
1: Now, that is a way of ending this program on news you can use, uh, literally, though, That is State Treasurer Michael Frerichs. Mike, thanks for spending this half hour with me.
0: Craig, thanks for having me. Look forward to seeing you again and hopefully in person someday.
1: I hope so too. Uh, To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. There should be a link at the bottom of the homepage. You can also find our podcast on odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of Ad Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9
0: FM.